right, all right, all right. Welcome back. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you don't feel like you should weigh that, put that weight on your inner circle, call the hotline at 988 and take option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is the author of Combat to College and the Student Veteran Semester Journal. He has a master's degree from Harvard and has spoken to Congress as a legislative fellow for the Veterans of Foreign Wars. He has taught everything from incarcerated teenagers to English in Thailand to Youth American Ninja Warrior. So without further ado, let's welcome the 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault, 3rd Brigade Combat Team, Combat Veteran, John Davis, to the Misfit Nation. It's great to be here on the Misfit Nation, Rich. It's awesome to have you. It's, it's always good when I see 101st on someone's stuff, even though you were from that other brigade. But, <laughs> but we accept you, and we know the, the great things you did while you were there. Yeah, I think I have a 101st tattoo and a Rockistan <laughs> tattoo, so I, I got it all covered. So you're branded. You're completely branded. You got probably got an air assault uh, wing somewhere on you, too, just, <laughs> just to show pride. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, brother. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about yourself, more than I what I just did for as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we are now. I grew up in Iowa. I think all veterans kind of have three lives. You have your pre-military life, your military life, and your post-military life. And going through those transitions for me were was a little bit difficult, especially coming out of the military. So my mission now is to help student veterans. That's where I kind of like found my niche because so many veterans, your first stop, especially for enlisted people, is college. So that's kind of where I made my, you know, target to where I want to help people because getting through that first year of school is pretty complicated. It's a it's a struggle for a lot, especially if they had no um, basis of education before they got out of the, before they came in and then got out. So it's kind of a, a large up, uphill climb unless they had some really genius lieutenant that told them the steps to take on the way in and There's out. There's no such thing as a exactly. Genius. <laughs> That's why it was that that statement right there. So. Or maybe just not in the first. Maybe they're in the, maybe they're elsewhere in the army. Or there might be at the medical corps, but it, it happens. But it is an uphill climb. Uh, after I gra- I graduated my bachelor's just before I got out of the army, uh, before I retired, and I started my master's about three years later. Finished that, and now I'm going for my doctorate as an old man student veteran. But it it's a climb to do it and and have a career and a family at the same time. So how did you juggle all that as you got out? And you I mean you've done amazing things since you got out. Well, that's kind of what veterans have to deal with when you're getting out of the you're getting out of the military. You're often moving across the country or the entire world. You tend to be older. You tend to require employment during your education. And well over fifty percent of student veterans have some type of service connected disability. So by the time veterans get to college, they're already kind of behind the eight ball a little bit more so than you know your classic eighteen or nineteen year old still living at home with mom. They're paying the bills or whatever. So. I looked at the student, the, the challenges that student veterans were facing because I was going through a lot of them myself. I looked into a VA work study job 
where I was actually helping student veterans. And that just gave me an up close and personal look at the, you know, the, all the struggles that veterans face. And I made a list of John's college tips. And then those college tips morphed into the chapters of the book. Cause I was giving student, you know, student veterans tours. I was certifying their benefits. I was, you know, kind of all things student veteran related. And it just led to this, um, this mission to help student veterans because I feel like I kind of uh, have done more service outside the military than inside the military for the country. So, and something we talk about here a lot is uh, a lot of veterans when they when they take off those boots the last time they kind of lose that purpose. And it sounds like when you got into into school, you kind of found that purpose without probably not even realizing it at first. Realizing you had a purpose other than just getting your education, you found that purpose and it made your heart pump again a little bit. And you're able to help your brothers and sisters as they went down those hallways and now outside that same school with with your book. Yeah, the military spoon feeds you your purpose. I mean, there are creeds to follow the rules, regulations, you know, concerning everything. And the first stop, the first thing that veterans have to do is find a purpose. Nothing is really as all encompassing as the military is. I mean, the military is a very, very dominating force. And I had to figure out who I was going to be as a civilian, kind of like every veteran has to do. You have to reconfigure your identity a little bit. And I fell into education, fell in love with education, which I hated school growing up. I dropped out of community college before joining the before joining the Army, you know, at 18, 19. And now I have a master's degree from Harvard. It's not really because I'm smart. It's just because education is easy if you have the discipline to do it. And what the military teaches you, although I didn't learn a ton of useful skills for the civilian world, especially in the infantry, I did learn discipline. And so I took that in education. Definitely. And uh, like you said, most people when they're younger and they're forced to go to college, it doesn't work out well. Or you think that's the path you you have to take because everyone has done it. It -hmm. doesn't work out well. I mean, I started out in college before uh, when uh, about two and a half years for two of those years, I played football just so I had something to do that wasn't educational. It was something where I can get energy out and hit people. And that's what got <laughs> that. That's what helped me go to school and helped me wake up every day. But then I realized I just wasn't doing anything to make anything matter. Mm-hmm. I was just spending money. So and that's when I finally joined the Army and uh, went on a 22-year crusade to, to fi- finish that degree. It took me 22 years, but I finished it. And that was a big check off the block at the end of my career before I retired. And a lot of people don't do that or during my generation did not take advantage of a lot of the education benefits, whereas with hopefully during your time, you were pushed to take some courses while you're in. Well, a lot of a lot of veterans never touch their educational benefits, even when they're in or when they're out. And that kind of, you know, uh, drove me crazy because the educational benefits and, you know, maybe the VA home loan are arguably the best the best benefits you get from serving. And a lot of veterans that the start college don't finish. Most right. veterans that drop out, you know, you have work or family. And that's why getting through that first year of school is so important. Momentum really, really matters whether you're on, you know, the battlefield in Afghanistan or life or college. And veterans that make it through that first year are more likely to make it to graduation. Because the job bill just gives you the opportunity. It gives you the benefit. And making it to graduation is an entirely different story. Yeah, you still have to put in that work and you have to have, like you said earlier, the discipline. Discipline to get you through a lot of stuff and need to study something that you actually like. Don't study something just because it's a class there or looks good on TV, that Joey the businessman on TV is taking all these business classes. You shouldn't take them just because they're doing it. Do it because it's something you're actually passionate about. Otherwise, you're, you're just going to tread water and basically burn out in the first year, kind of like 
many veterans want to get out and they take that first position at a, at a company. The statistics are one year and you're out. Most of them quit within that first year and then yeah. they go on to something else. Yeah. And especially when that's kind of your plan, like for, you know, if you get out of the military and your plan is this job or your plan is go to college and those things don't work out, you know, a lot of times we put all of our eggs into one basket because we're used to that type of life from the military. And when those things don't pan out the way you want them to, it's easy to kind of find yourself getting in trouble or going down a dark path. Like I saw veterans that dropped out of school and then before you know it, the rest of the problems compound and they really end up in a tough situation. And the reality is, you know, people with college degrees make more money and your economic health does play a lot into your mental health. And one thing that really struck me, you know, when I learned it and, you know, maybe it seems a little obvious, but people with college degrees kill themselves less than those without them. So you, it's not, you can't just hand out degrees to people, but the protective factors that come with having more economic opportunities and, uh, an education, you know, help with things like suicide, which are so important to the veteran community. Like you mentioned in the intro. Exactly. And, uh, that statistic with the uh, college degrees or education in, in general also trends into crime and other statistics as well. The less educated you are, the more prone you are to commit a crime because you really don't know or you don't know any other avenue. And with the education field, if you don't have it, you're going to be working at that job that you really hate. And then, like you said earlier, that spiral starts and you start thinking about what I could have done, what I should have done and not looking forward. You're looking backwards and, and everything goes out of control. Yeah, when I was doing some of my research, one of the things that was really fascinating in, you know, working for uh, the student veteran organization was, you know, you have two classes of people in the military, you have your officers, and you have your enlisted. And they have, you know, essentially the same military experience, you work on the same ships, the same bases, kind of eat the same food, and you've access the same benefits when you get out. But officers transition better out of the military, they struggle less with PTSD, those factors you mentioned earlier, they kill themselves less, they're homeless less, they're addicted less. And the big difference between these two groups, you know, generally is officers have college degrees and enlisted people do not. But by the time enlisted people get to college, they're already kind of carrying some baggage from the military. And my book and my idea is to get veterans to not only view your military experiences as something negative. You know, we tend to look at the the PTSD, the, you know, being broke or whatever it is that comes from the military, instead of thinking about our advantages that we have, like we know how to show up on time, which may not seem like a big deal to us. But I mean, if you show up, you know, right time, right place, right uniform, you're, you're going to be okay. Right. You'll end up a lot better than you think you will. And uh, if, I don't know, when you transition to the civilian world, you notice that things are a little less uh, dynamic as far as discipline and people show up when they show up sometimes and you're you might be there early and thinking well maybe maybe the building's not open today because no one's here yet <laughs> and all of a sudden they start coming in five ten after the hour you're like this is interesting how does this actually work because we couldn't get nothing done if we did that but we'd stay late for no reason but we do that <laughs> that's, that's true your college professor wants to get out as much as you do unlike your first sergeant or company commander that'll keep you you know, as, as long as they can, but <laughs> veterans, you know, it's just, it's difficult in the classroom, like, because you're the only, you're usually the only veteran in there and that isolation can kind of be a problem, but, and veterans are so used to the communal aspect of the military and the civilian world is so individualized now, even like hyper individualized with, you know, social media and things like that. But what I want veterans to do is take that community identity into college, into their uh, civilian lives and build a team around yourself. One of, the, one of the things that can be unfortunate about the military is you don't really get to pick who you serve with. 
I know I served with some people that I probably weren't weren't my first weren't my first uh, choices. But in the civilian world, you can build your own team around yourself. And one of my chapters is build your armor, and it's all how student veterans need to build a, a success team around themselves because your environment really matters. Do you have a copy of your book there you can hold up? Or? Yep. Here's a copy of the book. Combat to College with my handsome face on the cover, and it's a uh, official AUSA title. So the uh, Association of the United States Army, um, you know, promotes it, puts it out. Uh, I was in a uh, on a panel for um, for the AUSA last weekend in Washington D.C., and one of the other panel winners, a Medal of Honor, and it was all us talking about our books. It was it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, and it's great that they have a. Recognize the book, and it's part of their system now as well, and that'll help you out and help others as they do their transition and, and find themselves walking through those those columns of school to try to figure it out. And yeah, because uh, I I wrote I wrote a first edition by myself and just published <laughs> it on Amazon, just not really knowing what I was doing. And I said the f word I think forty times throughout the entire book. But <laughs> it's just kind of me, like you know, because I was just hammering it out like, hey, here's a book to help student veterans because there is no book to help student veterans and student veteran you know, your school time is so important for your, for the rest of your future. So I wrote the book and then, uh, you know, I had a bunch of people contact me and they're like, Hey, we'd like to do a, a, a second edition with maybe a little more professionalism, maybe a little less cursing, you know, clean up some of the language. So I did that. And that's really been a cool journey. That's outstanding. And it's always good to see someone succeed like you are and everything aligning as uh, the stars aligned for you kind of in the, yeah, it took hard work to get there, and and it shows when you can see the product on the other side. Yeah, we tend to think of our hard work sometimes as behind us after we serve in the military, but you're kind of just getting started. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a big reset, and when you get to civilian life, doesn't matter if you're in four years or over twenty, like you. You know, it's it's a big reset, and you have to, you know, keep embracing challenges and keep moving forward and find a secondary purpose. Definitely. You definitely have to find that step purpose and and keep yourself moving. Don't become uh, complacent and or stagnant as you get out. Yeah, it's so easy to kind of fall into a sedentary life, especially when we spend our military careers, you know, outside exercising, being active. And then you get in the civilian world and it's a lot more comfortable. But comfort isn't necessarily a type of thing veterans want or need, because what leads us into the military is often the challenge, the call to adventure. And that shouldn't stop when we get out. And I think education is a good adventure as well that's going to lead to better things in life. Exactly. And I've seen that, uh, I also read it in your bio there, that uh, part of the Student Veterans Association, they have a, a VF, VFW uh, legislative fellowship. And I think mm -hmm. they just had the applications just recently for this year. Uh, how was that experience? And uh, what did you gain from that as well? I gained, well, it's kind of it was kind of a complicated experience. I got a lot of it, a lot of it academically and research wise and all those things. But it also made gave me the firm belief that veteran problems aren't going to be solved by politicians. Right. And it gave me kind of like that, you know, you always kind of think that politicians are there doing the right thing for soldiers all the time. And that's probably the case on paper. But I remember my idea for what I wanted to do was provide more economic opportunities for student veterans. I wanted student veterans to be able to find jobs through the VA that would pay them while they're going to school because it's it's difficult to balance, like you mentioned, your family life, your work life, and school all at the same time. And I did all of these, you know, graphs, charts, research, worked on this project for about six months. 
And then I finally got in front of, you know, one of the first Congress people and I'm, I walk it in a little nervous, you know, got my tie on all that stuff. And the Congresswoman who's from my home state of Iowa is like, okay, John, I got about 45 seconds for you. Then I got to go. And I was like, ah, you know, I worked for like six months to get to the stage and kind of hearing that was like, you know, wake up call to where, you know, it, it's up to us to, to help each other and ourselves. And we can't really rely on other people, but I think it's easy to, blame the government for veterans. You know, it's easy to kind of point your finger at some of the problems. And I wanted to uh, do something about it instead of just complaining. That's outstanding. And I, I think you got more out of the opportunity than, uh, than most others do because you actually put the work in, even though, I mean, I go to Congress every June to talk to them about using smart power instead of hard power. So we, our brothers and sisters now don't have to always go be the front line. It could be diplomats going first and then us. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I witnessed the same thing you just talked about. You walk in there and sometimes you don't even get to see the member. You get to see their one of their assistants, one of their legislative aides. And they, they list you. They write notes. But I don't know what they're writing on their paper. They could be writing, oh, this is great, lovely, good, good talk. And then they turn around and that paper's gone. But it's good to know that you put the work in and you have that work now still with you. And you can always bring that up in any, any interview you go to. You can pull that up as a screen share and say, look, these are the numbers. This, these facts don't lie. Yeah, it really taught me a lot about a lot of the student veteran issues that we face and just getting that knowledge and background, as well as, like I mentioned, the wake up call that, listen, it's up to us to help ourselves. It's we can't rely on anyone else. But and that's it, it led me into writing the book. It led me into having a sincere desire to help student veterans because you can't you can't cast that responsibility aside. Exactly. I know you're also passionate about something we're very passionate about here on Misfit Nation. That's the mental health of our brothers and sisters. As well as ourselves, we 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 all have those those things in our heads that that kick around no matter what your experience was, and to keep maintaining focus, we have to do a lot of things. Each person is different. Every person is different, and not there's not one size fits all. As many clinics were trying to do for a while, everything oh you know, here's here's this bag of stuff. Take this, and you'll be fine. And I know you probably witnessed that when you first got out, and then you had to take that step back and say, no, nah, this this isn't for me. Uh, same thing I did. I said, no, I can't. I'm not taking pills. Uh, I've seen what you zombies look like in these hallways. There's no way. Yeah. There's got to be a different thing I can do. There has to be something that's been proven that works. And I went with the uh, eye movement uh, disassociation uh, uh, therapy, and that worked out for me. Uh, I'm not sure what, what path you went. I know you did a lot of holistic stuff to help you out and uh, naturalistic things. If you want to talk about a little bit of what your journey was for, for your mental health and to keep it where it is now, let's share that with the audience. I've heard some positive things about the uh, the eye movement thing. And what I think is, you know, promising is kind of things you mentioned is we're starting to branch out a little bit. Because when I first got out of the military, I was given the pills for anxiety, to sleep, and all that stuff. And like you mentioned, it made me feel like I was sleepwalking through my life. What helps me the most now, actually, what I'm kind of working on programs for is connecting veterans to nature to deal with PTSD. So for me, Mother Nature is always a better healer. And, you know, we spend our military careers outside. And then when we get out of the military, we kind of come inside with the rest of, you know, the population. You know, Americans spend 90% of their time indoors now. And if, you know, being locked down during COVID and all this stuff taught me anything is nature is going to be a great place for veterans to end up. It's going to help heal you just as much or, or I mean, more than like traditional medicine in a healthier way. Definitely. Uh, and I know exercise helps some veterans. Uh, just like you said, just going outside really helps a lot of people but breathe. 
in my book, I talk about it, walk outside and breathe. The air won't kill you. Just take yeah, and breath. It will not kill you. Yeah, and there's and now there's so many so many different organizations. They're doing so much cool therapy. I did like a horse therapy program, nice. things like that, music therapy, comedy. There's so many different things that are coming out. And what veterans shouldn't do is ever get discouraged if something doesn't work for you, you know, because there's always something else around the corner and you get got to keep working on yourself. And the same thing with the, the provider. You don't have to go with that first provider they sent you to because you're not like if you go in, it's like dating. You have to like the person. Right. You have to like the person to be able to share with them and not just sit there and force yourself to say things to them because you don't really want to be there. You just want to check the block and say, I did this and walk out. You have to be comfortable and, and actually link in with that mate, that that provider. And so you have a relationship and they actually get to know you and not just look at their computer and then say, OK, good. That's a, that's our hour. We'll see you next month. Yeah, a lot of that mental health therapy we go through kind of resembles that check the box training in the military that we all absolutely hated. And the reality is, like you mentioned, not every VA provider is going to be either right for you or maybe even good at the job because your care, your healing you know, has to start from you. I think for too long, veterans kind of looked at the VA because when I got out, I complained a lot about the VA initially. I was like, you know, I complained about the army messing me up, the VA not helping me. And finally, one of my friends said, you know, dude, what are you doing to help yourself? And that kind of woke me up to being like, okay, you're right. I do need to pursue my own therapy. And that led into, you know, writing, helping other veterans, nature, and lots of reading, which I, I read a lot. And I, th I found reading helps a lot too. Uh my wife always said, oh, you don't read because she, she thought I just never read anything. I just just go by the seat in my pants and just learn off as I look at things. But uh, I would get books and I sit there and read and read right plays through a book and they go back and, and pick out chapters. Mm -hmm. And you got to keep learning. Yeah. And now there's, you know, there's podcasts like this. There's books. There's tons of stuff you can do. The military keeps you growing, which is something I enjoyed about it. They, you know, send you to schools. You have to learn new technologies. You have to keep learning to keep up with the modern military, especially now. And then when you get out in the military, it's easy to kind of sit back, turn on Netflix, and stop growing. But if you're not growing, you're declining. Right. And uh, I think a, a mind at rest is just as bad as a body at rest. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially for veterans, because you're going to go towards, you might go towards some of the toxic or unhealthy things or, you know. Right. You got to keep exercising the big muscle up there in your head and uh, get those eight pounds of fury going every day as much as possible. Uh, without burning yourself out and always find something different like you have done you found so many different ways to to keep yourself engaged and maintain that that more forward momentum and that's the best way to do things yeah you have to find kind of a lot of things to fill the gap that the military leaves because the military leaves a big gap in you because it's so you know all-encompassing and i had to find a lot of different things to fill that gap and I, I still love adventure i love travel those things i learned from the military you know i write articles on my website about you know travel therapy and things like that for veterans travel is an awesome thing just like uh, you went to thailand i think cambodia too uh both countries beautiful countries way better looking than what you've seen in the videos from Vietnam and stuff like that. Not everything looks horrendous like that there. You can go there and see a lot of beauty in both those countries. And, and you got to actually build schools in one of them, didn't you? Yeah, actually, well, I live in the Dominican Republic, which is pretty great. So, you know, a lot of, I work online. So a lot of veterans are choosing to live outside, you know, outside the United States because your money goes a lot further in these places. You know, I mean, my rent's like 500 bucks a month. And when I was living in Boston, it was like twenty five hundred a month. So it's one of those things where you're like, okay, you know, if 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 you're on a pension, if you're, you know, we all know the military doesn't make you rich. Right. The military, you know, pays you in the experiences and the friendships. 
that's how we overlook being uh, overworked and underpaid in the military is because we get other things from it. Uh, so yeah, so I live here, lived here for about two years and the beaches, you know, the cheap beer, all that stuff is, is great. And then you, I can connect with nature as well. I actually have uh, one of my former uh, soldiers from Korea is living in Dominican Republic right now. So he, all he does is praise it and he loves it down there. So that's a great thing that both of you are down there. So sure is up. Yeah, there's over 20,000 veterans here, 20,000 American <laughs> veterans. We have VA facilities here, all that stuff. So it's, it's pretty nice. That's awesome. That's a great deal for you guys. And if you were in Boston right now, you'd probably be sitting on your bed and the kitchen would be right behind you. So yeah, 2,500. So that's much better life you have now. Yeah. America's stressful. I mean, America's, you know, kind of when you leave, when you travel, sometimes you see the rest of the world isn't quite as polarized or stressed as Americans are. So travel lets you kind of discover those things. Uh, while you're in Dominican Republic, are you still reaching out and helping the youth there as, as you did in Thailand and Cambodia? We do a uh, veteran program here where we do a hike. So we do a weekly hike to this uh, waterfall with some of the veterans that, that I know here, which is which is good. But now I'm focusing on my writing. I have uh, you know some more projects in the future, some books and journals that are come out for, for veterans. It's, I'm able to kind of uh, be more relaxed, you know, exercise, swim in the ocean, things like that. So it really helps me work on my own mental health as well as, you know, my mission to help others. That's outstanding. And if you can give uh, three bits of advice to fellow veterans or those who are about to become start that transition out of the military, what would those three bits of advice be? One of the chapters in my book is called Reach Up and Reach Down, and it's all about how you should have a mentor and you should also mentor someone. I think we're, we're used to that kind of uh, you know situation with the military where you're in charge of someone, someone's in charge of you. So when you, when you get out of the military, find a mentor. Whatever you're doing, whether you're in college, whether you're finding a corporate job, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur, find a mentor, and then also reach down to help other people. Uh, the second piece of advice I would, I would give them is take the teamwork mentality into your civilian life because civilian life can be very isolating, especially for veterans. So continue to work on the team, build your own team. And then the third thing I would say is talk about your experiences. You know, I think the civilian military gap exists because veterans are often too, you know, we don't like to share our experiences. We kind of keep them to ourselves. And it's up to us to fix the civilian military gap, which is growing, uh, you know, a lot in the country. And I think a slow moving crisis. That's definitely that's all three of those are great advice. And uh, that gap could really hurt you as you come out if, if you don't share. And that's kind of why we started this platform to get veterans like yourself on here to share your story, your journey, even if it's just what you're doing now or everything you've seen while you were overseas, just to get it off your chest and let the world know that we're real people and we experience things and we're not just robots that we're out there with weapons doing things that the news portrays. Yeah. And if we continue to let places like Hollywood tell our stories, you know, to them, we're all like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest <laughs> Gump or something. <laughs> they, they look at us like, you know, ah, screwed up. But so I think, you know, telling our stories is an important part of veterans because our stories are the stories of America. Definitely. And I have someone get in contact with you, John, if they want to chat with you just to pick your brain or even just get that, get you on their show. I have a uh, website that I run. It's John H Davis writer.com. And there I have uh, my blog, my books for sale. I also have a free coaching program for student veterans. So student veterans can coach other student veterans that I developed. And then I have a lot of articles on there, you know, geared towards veterans and, uh, mental health, self-improvement. Awesome. John, thanks for taking some of your time today. 
to share your story and everything you're doing, uh, amazingly doing right now with the Misfit Nation. Thanks. It was awesome to be on. Thank you. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 